Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Now, you know why last night I, I wasn't sure how to call the election. Some of these states we called, of course. But a um, number of things I want to get into with you. First of all, the lever of censorship taking place on Facebook on my site there is unbelievable. That's why I don't even go to that site. We're on Parler and we're on Twitter. At Mark Levin Show at Parler, at Mark Levin Show at Twitter. Don't even waste your time on Facebook. I ask you to move over to Parler, if you would, because that's where the action is going to be, at least for me and millions of Levinites. I can't have liberal third-party groups constantly looking over my shoulder and telling me when I say something they don't agree with it, therefore it's false or half false. We can't have that. There's been significant censorship in other realms and platforms that I work on too. And I'm going to confront that and address it as well. As you saw, I had the President of the United States scheduled to come on this program yesterday in the first hour, and that was abruptly canceled. Having nothing to do with the President, um, but that, another day and another time. But I'm not going to forget it. It was an incredibly bad taste in my mouth. Now let's get down to business here. Chris Christie and Marco Rubio and this nobody, Adam Kingsinger, who used to be a Tea Party candidate, and then he threw the Tea Party overboard, and now he's a rhino out of Illinois. They're all out there, and they're all being quoted. Count every legal vote. They don't like what the president said last night. And so they're being quoted everywhere, particularly the, uh, you know, we used to call Ted Kennedy the Cape Cod Orca, but he passed away. Remember Mr. Producer? For 20 years, 15 years, I called him the Cape 
and out of respect. So now we'll just use that phrase when it comes to Chris Christie, the Cape Cod Orca. I guess I should call him the, uh, the Cape May Orca. How do you like that? He's the Cape May, New Jersey Orca. He didn't like the president's speech. Look, we have to count every legal vote. First of all, this reminds me, a friend of mine told me of Charlottesville, how they twisted the president's words. The president never said, stop counting the votes. The president said, stop the voting, because there are deadlines. That's what he said. And he's 100% right. Follow state law. But they're twisting what he says. But I want to address Rubio and Kingsier and Christie directly. First, I'll do it by example, and then I'll do it by educating them in a more broader way. I have in front of me a piece that came out later this afternoon. I read the great site Breitbart.com. And the headline is, Pennsylvania Republican Senators Call on Pennsylvania Secretary of State to Resign. Now, why would they do that? She's in charge of the vote. Pennsylvania Senate Republican leaders today called on Secretary of State Kathy Bukvar to resign immediately, given her role in the state's electoral mayhem. Senate President Pro Tem Joe Scarnati and Majority Leader Jake Corman, they have a Republican majority in the House and the Senate there, said in a statement today, twice in the last two days, the Secretary of State has fundamentally altered the manner in which Pennsylvania's election is being conducted. The constantly changing guidance she has delivered to counties not only directly contradicts the election code language she's sworn to uphold, but also conflicts with her own litigation statements and decisions of both the Pennsylvania Supreme Court and the United States Supreme Court. Secretary Bukvar told the U.S. Supreme Court on October 28 that ballots received after 8 p.m. on November 3 would be segregated. But she changed the rules on November 1st and directed counties to canvas those ballots as soon as possible, in other words, count them, upon receipt. In some counties, it's not possible to both segregate and canvas ballots as directed. This directive leaves open the possibility that timely votes will be commingled with votes received after 8 p.m. on Election Day, despite the fact that these votes remain the subject of litigation before the United States Supreme Court. The department changed the rules again on November 2nd. That's the day before the election, when they provided last-second guidance directing counties to provide information to help voters whose mail-in or absentee ballots were incorrectly completed so those voters could vote on a provisional ballot. Now, you're not supposed to be helping the voters to vote. Either vote or you don't vote. The late release of this so-called guidance resulted in inconsistent application across the counties, some of whom actually contacted voters as directed, some of who did not. There's no basis for any of this guidance in state law. The secretary created this process out of thin air. So the Pennsylvania Republicans, the legislature, contends that the Pennsylvania Secretary of State fundamentally altered, quote-unquote, its formal and informal guidance by November 3 elections. And they noted that Bookvar said that she would segregate the ballots received after 8 p.m. on November 3 and those received beforehand. However, she issued a notice 36 hours before the election that ballots received after the election would be counted as soon as possible. 
So she represents the United States Supreme Court that we will segregate these ballots, won't count them, then she counts them. What does uh, Chris Christie think about that? What does Marco Ruby think about that? What does Adam Kinzinger think about that? Count all legal ballots. Are those legal ballots? This is what the president's objecting to. So when people go out there with their bromides and their platitudes, like Rubio, like Kingsinger, like Christie, to draw attentions to them, to attention to themselves. Wow, aren't they good government guys? I'll tell you what. Those guys are just unbelievable. They're just the swellest. And they're quoted all over the media, which is what they want. I just asked a question. Those segregated ballots that are counted, are those legal ballots or not? That's the problem. And it's not just in Pennsylvania, and it's not just that rule in Pennsylvania. There are rules being put in place, or that have been put in place, by local judges, by governors, by boards of elections, by secretaries of state, and so forth, that have literally changed state statutes. State statutes. Here's what I posted early this morning. Let's step back. I've been hearing commentators trying to normalize all these changes to voting procedures and court interventions and acting like this has gone on throughout our history or was compelled by the virus. That's clearly not true. Mail-in voting was pushed hard by the Democrats and they filed scores of lawsuits to change the rules set by legislatures. Unfortunately, activist courts have been more than happy to accommodate many of them. And the Supreme Court failed to put its foot down. No, none of us recall a time like this when so many crucial state court counts are delayed. There's also a legitimate concern about backdoor vote harvesting in some areas. We know for a fact that cities like Philadelphia have a problematic history. So let's not pretend that this has been a routine election. Many of the same forces that rejected Trump's 2016 election have tried to manipulate the system this time as well. Now, I got smacked on this by Facebook, didn't I, Mr. Producer? Partly false, says the third-party review. You know this on the third-party review? The Reuters wire service. Nothing I said here is false. They just disagree with me. And so you can see what I mean about censorship. Then, a couple hours later, I posted this. I thought about waiting until my radio show to state this, but it must be said now. And the reason I, I hold back is because of the, uh, the plagiarists out there. But I said, hell, I've got to get out there and make my point. All night and this morning, the media are playing with the electoral map and their declarations of who won what states. And in virtually every case, it assists the Biden campaign. North Carolina, Georgia, Alaska... Should all be called now for President Trump. There was no legitimate reason to call Arizona early for Biden with so much of the vote out. There was no reason to sit on Florida and Ohio for hours when those outcomes were very clear. The purpose is to make it appear that the president is not close to the 270 electoral vote number to win the presidency. And to make it appear that the president was never going to be reelected. And you can see all the delays through night and beyond. Waiting for mail-in votes, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Milwaukee, Detroit, etc. All of a sudden, appear in the hundreds of thousands. 
And this is followed by commentators telling us that there's nothing unusual about all this. Delays in counting votes happens all the time. Really? We've experienced this before in all these states? No, we haven't. That's a lie. Meanwhile, the Democrats have been litigating in states for months to change existing election laws to help Biden and the Democrats. They set in place the mail-in voting chaos, some states literally, a few months ago. So I go back to Christie, Rubio, and Kingsinger. You have states like Nevada three months ago that, that changed its voting system by a Democrat legislature and a Democrat governor in order to try and help Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. You had a Democrat Supreme Court in Pennsylvania. A disgrace. You don't need a postmark. If the signature doesn't match or there's no signature, count it anyway. Extending the counting for three additional days. In other words, rewriting state law on the fly. What do you think about that, Rubio, Christian, Kingser? So that means anybody who votes under those circumstances, that's a legal vote. This is what the president's challenging. The president's trying to uphold the federal constitution under Article 2. Rubio's not. Christie's not. Kingsinger's not. Chief Justice Roberts isn't. The three liberal stooges on the court, they aren't. Somebody's got to fight for the constitution in all this mess. And I'll explain more when I come back. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin for Hillsdale.com. Pennsylvania have a Democrat Supreme Court, a Democrat governor, Democrat lieutenant governor, and a Democrat secretary of state and a Republican assembly. And under there, Article 2 of the federal constitution, it's that legislature that's in control. The state Supreme Court has no say. The governor is no say. The lieutenant governor is no say. The secretary of state is no say. But it's all been flipped on its head. The status quo, the law that existed, was changed by the Supreme Court. It was further changed by the secretary of, uh, of elections, the secretary of state, with the backing of the governor and the lieutenant governor. So the one body that's supposed to have not just primary but exclusive authority on how you vote, is the one party that's been cut out of the process. Now, you look at the Constitution. In very few places, we've talked about this over the months. I wrote about it in Men in Black way back 15 years ago. 
pointing out what happened in Florida. So the President of the United States, among other things, is pointing this out. He's saying, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That court, that Secretary of State, they don't get to change all these laws. And this is the problem, Marco Rubio and Chris Christie and Adam Kingsinger. There's lawlessness that's taken place. Every bit as lawless as the rioters in the streets. Except worse, it's dressed up as being lawful. So you have people who are self-righteously, and the Secretary of State went on about the suffragette movement and the civil rights movement, the 1965 Voting Rights Act. That has nothing to do with any of this. This is cheating for Democrats, done by the Supreme Court, Democrat-controlled of Pennsylvania, the Democrat Secretary of State, and the Democrat executives in the Pennsylvania uh, government. Defying, undermining, rewriting existing law set by the state legislature. And this isn't the only state in which this has occurred. It's occurred in other states, too. And that's the problem. Count every legal vote. Count every legal vote. Well, what's a legal vote, Marco? What's a legal vote, Kate Maya Orca? What's a legal vote, Kingsinger? Feel free to call in. Here she is. Cut 11. Go. Keeps raising this point about how ballots that arrived yesterday that can still be counted may not have a you know a legible postmark on them and raising questions about whether or not they should be counted or not. And I was he said it's because of the prepaid envelopes that the state provided. I was wondering if you could speak to that. Sure. So I'm not sure. He may be confusing. So anything that arrived yesterday, it doesn't matter whether it's postmarked or not. Anything that arrived yesterday is a valid vote. That's what Pennsylvania law has always been. Mm-hmm. And anything that arrives today without a postmark is a valid vote. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? And she's not segregating them. She's counting them. Even though she told the court, I'll segregate them, the Supreme Court. And John Roberts is responsible for all of this. All of it. Because all John Roberts had to do is join the constitutionalists on the court who are intelligent, who know what they're doing, and tell the state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania, nah, you don't get to change the law. No, the Secretary of State doesn't get to change the law. It's right there in Article 2. It says the state legislatures will determine how electors are chosen. Not courts, not bureaucrats, Not secretaries of state. Marco, Chris, Adam. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. 
Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, Levin for Hillsdale.com. When Mark Levin was a kid, his teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now at 877-381-381. 3811. You know, I love my city of Philadelphia, but the Democrat Party there is as corrupt as it gets. It is the worst of the worst. I want to remind you of November 4, 2015. The Philadelphia Inquirer, which is uh, as left as it gets, and 59 Philadelphia voting divisions, 59. Mitt Romney got zero votes. Remember that, Mr. Producer? It's one thing for a Democratic presidential candidate to dominate a Democratic city like Philadelphia. But check out this head-spinning figure. In 59 voting divisions in the city, Mitt Romney received not one vote. Zero. Zilch. These kind of numbers that send Republicans into, into a ap- apoplexy, a voter fraud angst, but such results may not be so startling after all. They're very startling. They're very startling. 59 divisions, not one Romney vote. What do you think of that, Marco, Chris, Adam? I just count every legal vote. Count every legal vote, that's where I'm coming from. So these are people who swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States and apparently are unfamiliar with Article 2. So let me read it. It's in black and white. It's one of the simplest parts of the United States Constitution. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the United States Constitution provides that, quote, Ready? Each state shall appoint in such manner, ready, as the legislature thereof may direct. Hello? Hello? Wow! Equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. The legislatures determine how the electors for the Electoral College are going to be chosen. In other words, the legislatures decide and set election law. Now, let me give you a further history. A further history that a senator, a former governor, and a congressman do not know. The reason why election statutes, election laws were left to the states, Mr. Producer, is because the states demanded it. Or they wouldn't ratify the Constitution of the United States. They did not want the federal government interfering with the manner in which they set the vote. Nor did they want courts interfering with a political, hello, political process. Such as how the legislature sets the the election laws. Nor did they want a governor to be involved in the process. They specifically rejected federal election laws. They specifically rejected judicial review. They specifically rejected the governor 
And of course, they would have rejected the Secretary of State. Hey, you know what? Remember the Voting Rights Act? Yes. Well, I'm extending voting for three days. What? 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 Because they were a thousand times smarter than the morons who were elected to office today, the morons who were on television, and the morons with black robes in the courts. They said the legislature sets the election laws, and that's it. And that's it. Now, we're not talking about violating civil rights. We're not talking about anything like that. We're talking about setting the laws. When you vote, how you vote, how it's counted. That's why you now have nationwide anarchy. Anarchy. Incredible. And so now the president and his lawyers say, you know what, and I'm just talking about this aspect of one lawsuit in Pennsylvania, (coughs) excuse me, in the Republican Party of the state, have challenged this. And what did the U.S. Supreme Court do? What did the U.S. Supreme Court do? Not the minority. What did the majority do? Under the leadership of the United States Chief of... uh, uh, the chief of the uh, Supreme Court of the United States. What did they do? Chief Justice. Well, you know, uh, we, we can't really get involved in that. Uh, Roberts, listen to how moronic this is. It's not really a federal issue. I mean, it's a state Supreme Court. We really shouldn't get involved in this. Excuse me? It's the federal Constitution. It's a federal article. It's a federal section. It's a federal clause. In the Constitution. Now, here's what's amazing about this. Roberts will get involved in health care with Obamacare. He'll get involved in gay rights. He'll get involved in all kinds of stuff. Roberts will. But when it actually comes to upholding and enforcing Article 2 of the Constitution, and you know what? Uh, I don't think we should get involved in this. But they are going to get involved in that. You know, you know why? Because all the court did there is say, we're not taking this up on an emergency basis. So it's still sitting there in certiorari. That is, the appeal is still there. And the court has accepted it. So now what are they going to do? I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to punt again. You have three constitutionalists on that court. Four, by the time you have Barrett, are going to say, wait a minute, Article 2. And then you're going to have Roberts. Well, you might even have uh, Kavanaugh, based on the way he's been getting. And what are they going to say? Well, we can't disenfranchise, you know, 112,000 people who voted under these circumstances. Exactly what Alito warned when Justice Alito said, what are we going to do? Wait till after they vote? That's going to make it even harder for the court, ladies and gentlemen. So the bottom line is, this is all at the feet of the Chief Justice of the United States, John Roberts. Because he cares when he goes to the Kennedy Center and watches the ballet. Or when he goes to a baseball game at Orioles Park. I've seen him there over the years. Or whatever. That he's going to be embraced and appreciated by the beautiful people. That is, leftists. He's also a leaker. Because all these stories, he looks so good and other justices look so bad. Well, then you know who the leaker is. So that's the problem in one state. There's a similar problem in North Carolina. 
a similar problem in North Carolina. Where the Board of Elections just, you know what, we're going to extend the, the counting of the... Where'd that come from? That's not a... Too bad. Too bad. Too bad. And so now what's going to happen? So now the president and his lawyers are going to be trashed. Because they've taken the only avenue they can to challenge this, ladies and gentlemen. The Republicans like Rubio and Christie and Kingsley, and they're more than that. They just want them to, to take the bullet, be done with it, move on to 2024. We got better things to do. That's what they want. You know, this, this Trump, he's a dictator. Trump's trying to uphold the federal constitution. Trump's trying to hold these state statutes. Not the state Supreme Courts. Not the state boards of elections. Trump and his people are trying to uphold the rule of law. For which, of course, they're under attack. Yes. And so, they make it look like Trump is desperate. They make it look like Joe Biden's there, cool as a cucumber. He's not cool as a cucumber. He's as stupid as a cucumber. It's a whole nother story. He's like, I got the most votes in American history. He got the most votes because Donald Trump was running. Trump got the most votes for himself and most votes against himself. That's, that's the way it is. Donald Trump is a juggernaut. An absolute juggernaut. And so you're going to see the votes starting to pick up. Wow, Philadelphia and the Philadelphia suburbs and, and Pittsburgh. Look at that. They're going to catch, they're going to catch Trump. How? Because the way the Supreme Court and the Democrats in the executive branch of Pennsylvania defied the state legislature undermined it. That's how they get it. Hey, you got to count every legal vote. Well, what's a legal vote? The Secretary of State said she was going to segregate those votes because the Supreme Court wanted to take another whack at it. So she's segregating and voting. Because she knows what I just said. John Roberts will never vote. Never vote in a majority. To undo a ballot. And John Roberts thinks he's clever. Because he wants to box in the other justices. The associate justices. Because he's banking on the fact that they don't want to be accused of suppressing, oppressing, racism and all the rest. Because this is what the left does. This is what people do when they want to position themselves. John Roberts. Absolute disaster. That Supreme Court in Pennsylvania is a rogue court. It's a runaway court as much as it was in Florida in 2000. Now as I posted on my site last evening, I congratulated Sidney McCain. Now why did I congratulate Sidney McCain last evening? Because she was campaigning all over Arizona to defeat Donald Trump. Campaigning on behalf of Joe Biden. Because she wanted to settle a score. And what she did is screw over the country. The tens of millions of you and me who supported her husband against Barack Obama. This is how she pays you back. Why does Donald Trump despise John McCain? And it's funny how the media never discusses this. It's funny how Sidney McCain never mentions this. 
Donald Trump despises John McCain because John McCain sent his staffer over to Europe to get a copy of the dossier. And then when his staffer came back with the dossier, he directed him to give it to the FBI. In other words, he was trying to take out Donald Trump. That's why Donald Trump despises John McCain. Now you have a little more context, right? I'll be right back. Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin for Hillsdale.com. Now, there's something very strange going on in Wisconsin. I'm not a conspiracy nut, as you know. We call them as we see them. But something very strange with the numbers in Wisconsin. And I have no doubt this is exactly why the president and his lawyers have brought a lawsuit for a recount of Wisconsin. And I'll get to that in a minute. In a minute. May I make a suggestion, ladies and gentlemen, for your own mental health? Turn off the television news. Just turn it off. It's endless yakking. Just endless, incessant. You learn nothing. See, I get into the Constitution. I explain what the laws are. I explain what the court has done. I explain what a bunch of goofballs we have in the Republican Party. Got it. You can watch TV news for 10 hours. You'll learn nothing. You'll learn what this jerk thinks and that jerk thinks. They'll bring on some moron who's calling the votes. I believe in 100%. Who cares? All right, let me start this. It's over at the Great Right Scoop website. There's something strange about Wisconsin's election results from last night. And today... Some people are picking up on it, like Kimberly Strassel, who's outstanding of the Wall Street Journal. And she's been writing, I am legitimately interested, confused by this. I checked, and the top number is indeed Wisconsin's active registered voter number as of November 1. 3,684,000 and change. The bottom number is approximately what has been counted. 3,288,000 and change. Almost a 90% turnout. 89%. That is not feasible, she says. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is claiming a 71% state turnout. I'm not sure where it gets this, but that would make more sense given even populist Milwaukee didn't exceed 83% turnout. Do math on what the rest of the state would need to pump up for the state to average 89%. 
True, Wisconsin has same-day voter registration. But to be at 71%, Wisconsin would have yesterday needed 900,000 same-day registrations. Now, is that possible? Conceivable? That would be akin to increasing Wisconsin's registered voting population by up to 30% in one day. It would also suggest that if those same-day registrations hadn't happened, Wisconsin would have had a ridiculously low turnout. She's saying something's not adding up here. It doesn't even have to be devious. It's just not adding up. She says, I suppose it's possible Wisconsin's turnout was higher than 71%. But that would be wild, given the state's own history and what we saw elsewhere yesterday. And even an 80% turnout would still require huge, I should say, massive same-day registration. Surely a record tally of those same-day registrations must exist. It would therefore seem a straightforward proposition to set the numbers and the record straight. Again, am I missing something? Now you know why there's been a lawsuit brought by the Trump campaign to recount the Wisconsin vote. Because he's less than 1% away from Joe Biden, even with all this shenanigans going on here. Hat tip, Julie. But you understand what I'm saying, Mr. Producer? Something, look, I'm not saying, oh, hope, hope. Hope at any cost. This is, an, this is a problem. I wonder what Chris Christie and Marco Rubio and Adam Kingsinger think of this. Boys, what do you think? Count every legal vote, right? Think this should be challenged in court because it doesn't make any sense. You think 90%, 89 and 90% of the people who can vote in Wisconsin voted? That didn't happen anywhere. It's never happened anywhere. Unless you put a gun to everybody's head. So that's Wisconsin. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, You know... There's a report in Wilkes-Barre at the account there with 50 government employees. Said, There's no evidence whatsoever of widespread fraud. Number one, how the hell does he know in Wilkes-Barre? We're talking about Philadelphia. And number two, I'm not even talking about widespread fraud. The changes the state Supreme Court made and the Secretary of State made to existing election statutes, which under Article 2 of the Constitution can only be set by the state legislature is the problem. And it's those votes that raise the issue, and that's why John Roberts should not have kicked the can down the road, and John Roberts has created a horrible, horrible problem. But let's move on to Wisconsin. You heard me mention uh, Kimberly Strassel. How are you, Kimberly? I am well. How are you, Mark? I'm very well. As usual, you wrote very brilliantly about what's going on in Wisconsin. Did 90% of the voters vote in Wisconsin? 
Well, that would be what they seem to have told us, which is remarkable. If you look at the numbers, and then this has been pointed out, um, the state of Wisconsin has about 3.68 million active registered voters. And then you look at how many votes have been tallied so far, and that would get you to 89% turnout, okay? And that's just that's remarkable. Like, I, I've never, I don't know if you've ever come across that no. in any place else. Now, by the way, Wisconsin and I have spoken to some Wisconsin people. They do have high turnout. Uh, we should admire that. Um, you know, but this seems extraordinary. In 2018, um, they also had record turnout. And they talked about at that point how there were a couple of uh, areas in Wisconsin, in Dane County, where voting turnout was about, like, claimed close to 95%. But to believe this, and I was looking through some of the counties, you have to imagine that nearly every county in Wisconsin registered voter turnout above 90%. You know, those are Saddam Hussein numbers. That just doesn't nor- normally happen anywhere. And I guess this is why, I hope this is why, uh, the Trump campaign is bringing a lawsuit to, t- to test these numbers, I guess, right? Well, right. And I think, look, the numbers are so close there at this point that they absolutely are within their rights to ask for a recount. But I keep telling people, too, before we even get to a recount, let's see what's happening in a canvas in the state, because this is required And people have pointed out, a lot of times canvases do throw up a bunch of errors, sometimes significant ones. Scott Walker, the former governor, was on talking about a race a couple of years ago where a canvas found some 14,000 votes that hadn't been Now, what is a canvas? So that is when they go back and they basically double-check their numbers, okay? Mm -hmm. And they make sure that they match up with the number of votes that they had, that everything was recorded correctly. Um, and, you know, in that race that Walker pointed out from a few years back, 14,000 votes got missed, and it flipped a race. There was a person who was losing by a couple of hundred votes, and at the end of that was winning by thousands. So, you know, let's let's wait and see for the statewide canvas, and then let's go through the um, the, the official recount. And that's a absolutely legitimate thing. Is that occurring now, that the close. canvas? It, it should be now that they have finally finished – uh, most of the precincts have finally finished bringing in all of their numbers. That is a process that should begin, if it hasn't already, very soon. Mm-hmm. So there's some doubt about how, how many votes are they reported to have uh, Biden's people against uh, Trump to beat him by? Do we know? Well, I think it's now down. I would have to check again, but I think it's, what, maybe 18,000 votes? Oh, so it is like so that. close. 20,000? You know, I could give you a specific here if you held on, yeah. but it, it yeah. is definitely close. Yeah, in Wisconsin, we're down to 20,000 votes, 21,000. Mm-hmm. Well, the administrator, the, the Trump, Trump would be foolish uh, not to... Does the canvas automatically happen, or does the president have to call for it? No, no, nearly every state always engages in some sort of canvas of their votes after the fact. Uh, it's the process that goes on after the initial vote count before the state will officially certify those, that actual count. And so it's, it's, it's traditional and standard in most places. Um, and it's why I'm surprised more people aren't talking about this, because when you have races that are as close as they are in some of these states at the moment, 
Um, it, it is prudent at times to wait and see what that canvas throws up. Um, you know, we have another example, for instance. Uh, there's a, a county in Michigan at the moment that went 62% for Trump four years ago. Everybody woke up this morning, and it said that it had instead got 62% for Biden. Now, they have now taken down those numbers. There is some suggestion, we don't know for sure, that something might have been transposed at some point, because it's, it's insane to believe that that kind of swap happened. Something's wrong, though, and those are the kind of mistakes that get caught in the aftermath and sometimes in the canvases. Now, in that particular county, is that a, potentially, are there enough numbers there to make a difference? Not, but it is not a, a small amount of number. It would probably be three or 4,000 votes mm-hmm. um, if it went the other way. It's a smaller county, but it's a, a Trump county. Um, and again, then, you know, you're looking at Michigan, and I think right there at the moment we're down to, uh, in terms of the numbers, now that's a higher margin, and um, at least is what have come in, and there'd have to be a kind of some big swaps for, for things to change there. Mm-hmm. All right, Kimberly. So Wisconsin really, in your mind, is still in play until we see what happens with this canvas. Yeah, absolutely. I think let's see that. Let's see these numbers. You know, there were some some weird things that happened as well, too. Remember, everybody went to bed last night and Trump had pretty comfortable needs in those in, in some of these states only to wake up and suddenly have them disappeared with some voting dumps at the at certain periods that seemed mm-hmm. to go entirely in one direction. Um, and those are the kind of moments that really sort of sow a lot of distrust. And so I think it's important that we do go through this canvas and this recount so people can have some faith in what's coming out. Mm-hmm. All right. We appreciate you. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. Thanks, Mark. God bless. That's interesting. That's Wisconsin. If I hadn't seen that on the right scoop, uh, sent to me by my buddy Sparadon, now the whole nation knows about it. And so, yes, there needs to be a canvas in, uh, in Wisconsin. Whatever happens in Arizona, there's absolutely no justification whatsoever for that state to have been called as early as it was. None. And I don't care how often that guy on Fox comes on. He's quite pompous. Uh, is he the Clinton guy, Mr. Producer? I think he is, but I'm not sure. Um, and goes on about... Uh, we're 100% sure. 100%. I said we're 100% sure. Well, ABC even pulled back, and their numbers are always lousy. ABC, Washington Post. Yes, yeah, so Biden's going to win Wisconsin by 17%. Now, I came on the air and I laughed at that. And I thought Biden was supposed to win the popular vote by like 6 or 7%, Mr. Producer. Remember that? And then we had, we had polls that literally had them at 16% ahead. And remember, I came to you, ladies and gentlemen, and I said, ladies and gentlemen, those are Reagan versus Mondale numbers. He's not going to have a landslide. Not only didn't he have a landslide, and the presidential issue is still out as far as I'm concerned. But I believe we're going to hold the Senate. And I mentioned that last night, and God knows we need to. But we're picking up seats in the House of Representatives. I, I wrote down here anywhere from 6 to 12. We're going to have Kevin McCarthy on this program in the final hour of the program to explain this. We had a lot of people on this show, and you will remember. You folks will remember when I said, we're going to focus a lot on the House of Representatives and see if we can't get rid of Broomhilda, a.k.a. Eva, a.k.a. Nancy, a.k.a. Gag. And I'm here, I'm looking for our numbers. There they are. 
Lee Zeldin, remember he was on the program twice? He won, and he won big. Chip Roy, remember he was on the program twice? He won. Lauren Boebert, she won in Colorado. Mary Miller, she won in Illinois. Pat Fallon won in Texas. Matt Rosendale, he's now the representative from Montana. Bob Good, he won in Virginia. Troy Nels won in Texas. Randy Feenstra, he won in Iowa. These are people we had on the program. Yvette Harrell, and it was very important to me that she win because they stole it from her two years ago. But she won in New Mexico. August Fluger won in Texas. And, of course, Madison Cawthorn. Now, Madison is the young man. He's 25 years old now. He'll be a member of the House. And you remember, he's paralyzed from the waist down. We had word that he was behind by 1% or 2%. I brought him on the program a second time. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Of course you do. So we wanted to help them. And help them we did, thanks to you. Of course, in the Senate, Tom Cotton was running against, I believe, a libertarian. He won. Uh, I'm looking at a few more of these. Um, Lindsey Graham, we brought him on here twice. He won. Now, we're still waiting on Tom Tillis of North Carolina. He slipped slightly behind his opponent. That would be a terrible thing. His opponent is a complete pervert. John James in Michigan, he's moved slightly behind. This, again, goes to the issue of what's going on in some of these states. Um, On the House, Rich McCormick in Georgia. Uh, We had him on the program. The Democrat leads slightly. Jim Merchant, good guy. In Nevada, the Democrat leads slightly there. Nick Freitas, good guy we had on the program. Very, very tight, 1% lead in, in Virginia. Daniel Rodimer, I really like this guy. He's the former pro wrestler, really smart guy, motivated, solid. He is uh, slightly behind the Democrat in Nevada. And unfortunately, Amanda Adkins lost. Leo Valentin, around the Orlando area, wonderful young man, conservative, Puerto Rican heritage, he lost. Gene Ives lost, thanks to a libertarian. Dale Crafts, wonderful man, um, family man, started a business. He was, uh, at, at a young age, had a terrible accident. He was uh, wheelchair-bound. He was in the big, the big district in, uh, in Maine, and he traveled all around that district, and unfortunately, he lost. And Wesley Hunt, who we had on the program, lost. Now, again, back to the Senate. Martha McSally lost. It's unfortunate. Now we have this guy, Kelly, a real gun grabber, real leftist. Left loves him. And Daniel Gade lost against Mark Warner. Now let me tell you something about that. Daniel Gade, last time I looked at about 45% of the vote. Mark Warner, I had to outspend him like $2 billion to one. And Mark Warner's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And he came within 8, 9, 10 points. That is a big deal. That is a big deal. That tells you that if Daniel Gade, Daniel Gade had a, a serious war chest, he might have taken Warner, because Warner's a nobody, he's a loser. I think we picked up a few seats in my state of Virginia. Now, here's the thing, and Kevin McCarthy will tell us in hour three, as I looked over the numbers in the House, not a single Republican incumbent lost, Mr. Producer. 
He'll have to double check that with McCarthy. But I didn't see a single Republican in the House lose. And so, uh, again, I could be wrong about that. We'll find out. But in the end, in the net, uh, the Republicans are picking up seats. Now, this has been noticed by some publications this morning. Politico, The Hill, others. And when we come back, at least I want you to revel in this a little bit, okay? And I'll explain to you further. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, one day only sale. Wouldn't you rather just work with a company who puts you on a pedestal every day? That's what you get with Pure Talk, a veteran-run wireless company that understands what it means to serve. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Now, if you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you over $400 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. What a novelty, a company that actually puts their customers first. You can keep your phone and your number or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N, LEVINPODCAST, Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. I think there's a lot of confusion. I like Martha McCauley very, very much. And uh, she's in a discussion with Kaylee of the White House. And uh, the question is, if uh, ballots come in and they're postmarked November 3rd, but they come in later, shouldn't they be counted? And uh, Martha points to military ballots and so these aren't military ballots. That's not the law in Pennsylvania. That's what the Supreme Court chose to do. The law is your ballot has to be in by Election Day. It has to be in by Election Day. Period. So some people may not like that, but so what? Who cares what people like? I don't know why that's odd. Do you, Mr. Producer? People want to know who won on Election Day. Gee, I guess I'm a little old-fashioned. I'm 63 years old. That's the way it used to be. Okay, the election's over. It's election night. Who won? Now, sometimes it'll slip over to the next day, but you don't have state after state after state with these changes that have been made as a result of Democrat Party litigation and Democrat judges making decisions to change the law. Wow, we're going to count all the way to November 12th. What? Who made that decision? Well, the North Carolina State Legislature did not make that decision. The bureaucrats at the Board of Elections in North Carolina made that decision. Oh, that must be in the Constitution. No, it's not. It's all bogus. Well, every legitimate legal vote should count. Well, that's the issue. How did those votes become legal all of a sudden? A year ago, they weren't legal. Now they're legal. I should say two years ago. They're not legal in Florida, Marco. You know, three days later, nine days later, ten days later. The legislature in Florida chose to wrap things up on election night. 
Good. The legislature of Pennsylvania chose to do the same thing. But their Supreme Court said, no, you can't do it. The Florida Supreme Court stayed out of it. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court said, now, you know what? We're taking over. Well, counter-illegal vote. Okay, let me try this with the geniuses out there. If Pennsylvanians get an extra three days, shouldn't everybody else? If North Carolinians get an extra nine days, shouldn't everybody else? Well, what about equal protection? I shouldn't even give these idiots an idea. But what about equal protection? Hey, why? If you live in North Carolina, your vote can come in nine days after the election? That's okay? Okay, I live in South Carolina. I want my vote to count nine days after the election. Not only that, in Pennsylvania, you don't even have to postmark it. I don't want to postmark. Why can't I have the same rules as I have in Pennsylvania? I'm waiting for my buddy Juan Williams to make this argument. This is the problem. Insanity begets insanity. And as I said the other day, how come we don't do our taxes this way? Well, let's see. We have April 15th. Well, if it comes in nine days later, it still counts. No problem. Don't have to have a postmark. Your signatures don't have to match with the prior year's taxes. Now, what nut would do that? And yet you're going to do it with the vote? But you do it with the vote. Now, we live in the insane world of the leftist Democrat. That's the world we live in. So now when a president of the United States says, wait a minute, I told you this would be a problem. And I'm going to challenge this. Joe Biden has four billion lawyers in the wings. But he doesn't need them because they already they already used them to change laws in states in Nevada, in North Carolina, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, and on and on down the list. They've already litigated their way. So they're sitting on the sidelines. Now the president's lawyers are trying to respond to this. Why won't he just count the legal votes? Idiots. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Tom Tillis is for the Senate. North Carolina has jumped ahead of Cal Cunningham. North Carolina should be called for the president. I see no way here that Joe Biden can win North Carolina. 
I mean, even if you're going to sit on Georgia, which you shouldn't, North Carolina is done. Have they called Alaska yet, Mr. Producer? I think they have. They have, right? I believe they have. Liberals are everywhere. They're like cockroaches. It's unbelievable. Alaska's not called yet. Now, how ridiculous is that? And what percentage of the vote is in? Trump's up between 50 and 60,000 votes and 56% of the vote. All right, I'll call Alaska for Trump. May I do that? Yes, Alaska, Trump. Facebook, oh yeah, Facebook will call it fake news. That's all right, I call Facebook a fake platform. Facebook will have its, its up, up and comings one day. It will. Because it's a bully, it's abusive, and now it's, a, it's not just a censor. It's not telling you what to think and believe. It's the worst kind of technology. I'm telling you, go over to Parler. Go to Parler and go at Mark Levin. P-A-R-L-E-R. I don't own any part of Parler. P-A-R-L-E-R at Mark Levin. And by the way, I wish I did. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I want Parler to succeed. Because the ownership in Parler, including our buddy Dan Bongino, they actually believe in free speech. At Mark Levin Show, excuse me. Go to Parler, at Mark Levin Show, at Mark L-E-V-I-N Show. Everybody together, at Mark Levin Show, at Parler. Please join us there. Transition away from Facebook and over there. Because I don't go to Facebook anymore. Everybody has to tell me, oh, they whacked you again. Why? Because I disagree with your opinion. I'm going to take that whiteboard, Mr. Producer, and put it where it doesn't shine. On the TV, you know, the whiteboard. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Okay, got it. Got it, you stutter. I got it. I got it. All right, let me get back to this. Dumpster fire. This isn't Politico, left-wing site. House Democrats trade blame after Tuesday's damage. Speaker of the House, Eva Pelosi, talks to reporters about Election Day. House Democrats are asking themselves one question after Tuesday's election stunner. What the hell happened? In the House, bleary-eyed Democrats were still sorting out the wreckage when they awoke Wednesday with dozens of their members' races still uncalled and not a single GOP incumbent ousted, an outcome that virtually no one in the party had predicted in a year in which Democrats were going on the offense deep into Trump country. There was no blue wave. There was no blue ripple. There was no blue anything. There were something like 23 out of the 33 Senate seats that were up were Republican. And the Democrats have way, way underperformed. Way, way underperformed. And then I told you what's going on with the President of the United States in Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania. And I do believe they're trying to steal this election from him. I really do. I know that's not the thing you're supposed to say, but I said it. But I feel the stealing took place long before Election Day, as I just explained in the first hour. It took place right at the Supreme Court's doorstep. It took place when they changed the rules in Pennsylvania and changed the rules in North Carolina and changed the rules in Nevada and changed the rules in so many states, I can't even keep track. Michigan. Change the rules to help the Democrats and to help Biden. None of the rules were changed to help Republicans or the president. Not one. 
And this was done to Republican legislatures by state courts, federal courts, by governors, and by bureaucrats and boards of elections. And John Roberts sat there with his thumb up his nose. It's appalling. You know, the Democrats have talked about term limits for Supreme Court justices. And I know, you know, my buddies, I'm sure, Sam Alito and Clarence Thomas, I'm sure they oppose all that. I don't oppose it. I was one of the first ones to support it and write about it in Men in Black. And I reiterated it in uh, Rediscovering Americanism. No, no, excuse me, the Liberty Amendments. I believe in supreme, uh, term limits for Supreme Court justices, but not on the terms of the Democrats. In other words, it has to be done in a way where they don't have an advantage, and they're always looking for an advantage. But back to the House. Even with tens of thousands of ballots still to be counted, shell-shocked Democratic lawmakers, strategists, and aides privately began trying to pin the blame. The unreliable polls, the GOP's law and order message amid a summer of unrest. By the way, have you noticed, ladies and gentlemen, now that the media and the Democrats think that, they, that Biden's going to win the presidency? Where's all the riots, Mr. Producer? The Democrats aren't rioting. Where are all the Democrats? Well, the Democrats aren't rioting. Because they may get their man. I've told you all along these are Democrats rioting, that this was the paramilitary wing of the Democrat Party, that these people were voting for Democrat if they were voting at all. Some corners of the party were also beginning to question the message and tactics at the top, with several Democrats predicting, some even demanding a significant overhaul within the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee, including possibly ousting Chairwoman Sherry Bustos, whose Illinois race has, whose Illinois race has yet to be called. You mean they would they would discriminate against a uh, Hispanic woman, Mr. Producer? Damn Democrats! Just 24 hours earlier, Democrats, including Bustos and Speaker Nancy Pelosi, were boasting about the opportunity to expand their majority with some even predicting they could win as many as a dozen seats in the House by clawing back GOP territory in the suburbs of Texas, Ohio, and Illinois. But by Wednesday morning, party officials and the rank of the file, I know it's rank and file, but you get the point, were in panic mode as they awaited the results of nearly 20 members of the Democrats' historic freshman class that, that handed the party control of the House just two years ago. And already they were saying goodbye to at least half a dozen of their centrist Democratic colleagues. There are no centrists. Every damn one of them voted for impeachment. Who were stunned by GOP challenges on Tuesday, including Abby Finkenauer in Iowa and Donna Shalala in Florida. Oh, Donna, we're going to miss you. All four feet, three inches of you. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. I would say the high expectations that a number of pollsters and pundits created obviously had not been met. Now, this is the genius out of Fairfax, Virginia, Jerry Connolly. Hey, you know what? Obviously, we didn't meet with, you know, the number with the pollsters and the pundits. Wow, you must be a congressman or a fat slob. It's a dumpster fire, said one lawmaker who declined to be named. Yeah, they're into their dumpster fires, the Democrats. For now, multiple Democratic lawmakers said they're like much of America, glued to their phones and TVs as they wait to see final vote tallies in three critical Midwest states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin.
Well, why don't they oust Nancy Eva Pelosi, Mr. Producer? She failed them. Why don't they get rid of Eva Pelosi? She failed them. I would think she'd be on the chopping block. Yes. But there she is, hanging on. Hanging on by her fingernails. Screeching at the top of her lungs. Her hair undone, having missed a salon, uh, a salon appointment. Yes, Nancy Pelosi. She's not out of touch. Old, nasty, left-wing, and I think uh, diabolical. We'll be right back. Mark Black Friday, Cyber Monday, one day only sale. Wouldn't you rather just work with a company who puts you on a pedestal every day? That's what you get with Pure Talk, a veteran-run wireless company that understands what it means to serve. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Now, if you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you over $400 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage... They don't charge you for it. What a novelty. A company that actually puts their customers first. You can keep your phone and your number or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N, LEVINPODCAST, USA. Simply Smarter Wireless. You know, I have to laugh. Well, the uh, pollsters, these are uh, newspapers and other media outlets. Well, the pollsters uh, reevaluate how they did what they did. Did they reevaluate after 2016? Did they reevaluate how they conducted themselves? During 2016 and now? You have to understand what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with arrogant, elitist leftists. They're going to reevaluate anything. Those polls were so far out of whack, and every one of them, except for one or two of the uh, polling groups, every one of them was so out of whack behind Biden, behind the Senate Democrats, behind the House Democrats... This is who they are. It's the same media hiring these groups, partnering with these groups. So when the president said these are suppression polls, he was exactly right. It's the same thing as they did four years ago. And then the media keep regurgitating them. They create their own phony news or fake news, as the president says. I want you to think about something, what they did to this man. Criminal investigation, spied on him, violated the, uh, the warrant rules and probable cause when it came to uh, FISA. Endless investigations, endless news stories, Russia hoax, impeachment, endless coup efforts, trashing his family members, trashing his businesses. And look, look at all the votes he got. He's got... He's got uh, It'll be at some point close to 70 million votes. And I believe we're going to hold the Senate. We're picking up seats in the House. Now, Joe Biden 
says uh, he wants to, uh, he's unity. It's time for unity. This is the Joe Biden who tried to destroy Bob Bork, who tried to destroy uh, Clarence Thomas, who's tried to destroy Donald Trump, who's lied about him, lied about him as a racist, accused him of killing, killing personally. Every single one of the 230,000 so people have died from the coronavirus. Not going to have any unity with Joe Biden any more than they had unity with Donald Trump. My goal, and I hope your goal will be, and I don't say Joe Biden's going to be president either, but God forbid if it should happen, this man is thoroughly corrupt, needs to be investigated, there needs to be a special criminal investigation, he needs to be subject to impeachment, even though the Democrats control the House. We get to speak too, you know. What they did to us and our president needs to be done to them and their president. He's president of all the people, he says, ladies and gentlemen. Well, so was Donald Trump, but they didn't treat him that way. Called him a racist. How come we haven't gotten, Mr. Producer, how come we haven't gotten the percentage of the vote Donald Trump got out of the Hispanic voters? I still haven't seen that, have you? I've seen a couple of states, that's it. How come we haven't seen the percentage of the vote Donald Trump has gotten from African Americans and black Americans? Where's that number? Well, we're not done counting. So what? You can give us a good percentage of what's going on. You do it all the time. But isn't that amazing to you folks? We haven't seen anything. Because they want to call this thing for Biden. They don't want to show you what a a transitional figure Donald Trump is in so many ways. That despite their attacks on him and despite his efforts to secure the border, isn't it amazing that black people and brown people and yellow people and red people like many of the same things as white people and vice versa? Safety, security, a country with borders, prosperity, jobs. Isn't it amazing? Where are the percentage of Hispanics that voted for Trump? Where's the number? Where is it? It must be good, or they'd be, or, or they, they'd be showing us right now. It's probably historic. Where's the percentage of blacks, especially African Americans who voted for Trump? Must be a good number, or they would have told us about it all. He underperformed with the minorities. The racist, Charlottesville, Donald Trump. I suspect it's higher. Where's the percentage of votes from Jews for Donald Trump? I'd like to see that too. I'll bet he's done better than virtually every Republican president in modern times. But they don't want to show us. I haven't seen it yet. I'm telling you, if the numbers were bad, we'd see them. But Mr. Unity, Joe Biden, he's no Mr. Unity. He'll be the dumbest, most buffoonish president in modern American history. And God forbid, Trump needs to keep fighting. He needs to keep fighting the way they tried to destroy him after 2016. He needs to keep fighting for the Constitution and Article 2 that I talked to you about. He can't roll over like Republican presidents do, like a Marco Rubio wants him to, or a Chris Christie wants him to, or an Adam Kingsinger wants him to. And don't call me. Don't call my cell phone. I've had it. Had enough. Not you folks, I'm talking about them. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So we looked during the break. I can't see the breakdown of the Hispanic vote or the black and African-American votes in the national election so far. But we do see Jewish votes. 41% of the Jews in Florida voted for Trump. That's a record. Countrywide, about 30.5%, which is 6% higher than uh, what the Jews voted for uh, in uh, the case of the president in 2016. But 41% in Florida. That's a big change. And I'm telling you that you'll see that what Donald Trump did is he made incredible inroads into these minority communities. But also we can thank the women in the suburbs... Um, so many of whom were apparently taken by Joe Biden's brilliance, his 47-year record, which I'm sure they could repeat to you in great detail. And um, apparently they were really taken by that. They think he'll be a fantastic president, Joe Biden. How preposterous. How preposterous for the greatest nation ever, ever established by mankind. To have a buffoon, a bozo like that, in the Oval Office. So um, the president needs to keep fighting. He needs to keep fighting for Article 2 of the Constitution. He needs to keep fighting to make sure that the votes are handled the proper way in so many of these states. You know, it's interesting. uh, The head slip-and-fall lawyer in charge of the lawyers for the Biden campaign, you may be familiar with this man. Joe Pollack's familiar with him. I'm familiar with him. And in Breitbart, he points out his name is Mark Elias. Does that sound familiar to the Mark Levin audience? It should. Mark Elias, the Democratic lawyer behind many of the voting changes causing havoc in the 2020 presidential election, is also responsible for hiring Fusion GPS to compile the Russia dossier to dig up dirt on Donald Trump in the 2016 campaign. Elias works for the Perkins Coie law firm in Washington, and once represented Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. In 2017, the Washington Compost identified Elias and his law firm as having hired the Fusion GPS opposition research firm on behalf of the Clinton campaign and the DNC. Now, Fusion GPS, as you'll recall, in turn, hired former British spy Christopher Steele. Mr. Producer, I'm hearing monologues tonight that sound an awful lot like my monologues. Just saying. Just saying. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Distracted who fabricated sensational claims that helped lead to the FBI's surveillance of the Trump campaign and sustained claims of Russia collusion that haunted the Trump administration, but obviously were later discredited. As Breitbart News has reported throughout the 2020 election, Elias, Mark Elias, 
often led Democrats in suing election authorities in battleground states to change their voting rules, to expand vote-by-mail, extend deadlines, or relax rules to prevent fraud. That's who this bastard is. And I say that, of course, with all due respect. In April 2020, Breitbart News reported that Elias had demanded vote-by-mail across the nation and less restrictive rules in an article in The Atlantic. Now, ladies and gentlemen, do you think this Democrat hack slip-and-fall ambulance-chasing lawyer would be pushing these things if he didn't think it would work for the Democrats and not the Republicans? Count every legal vote, though. Count them. Count them. Elias began suing or pressuring battleground states, including Nevada and North Carolina, both governed by Democrats. The left-wing New Republic praised Elias in September as the man who is determined to stop Trump from rigging the election. And the rest is history as several states failed to report results on Election Day amid questions about mail-in ballots. By the way, in related news, Federal Judge Emmett Sullivan, remember him? He's refusing to allow Department of Justice to drop the case against former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn. Well, he's also presiding in a case about the U.S. Postal Service and ballots. I know the pressure's on for the president to capitulate. He must not, he should not. As the Democrats like to say, what's the hurry? What's the hurry? President isn't being a dictator. President isn't. Remember they said he would institute martial law, Mr. Producer? He's filed lawsuits. He hasn't instituted martial law last time I checked. No, and he's not going to. After all, he's not a Democrat. Not a Democrat. All right, let's take a couple of calls here. We'll have the uh, Republican leader of the House soon. I know he's happy. They've done pretty well in the House. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is very upset. She ought to lose her speakership. They ought to, here's what I recommend. AOC should be the speaker. She should be the speaker. She can mix drinks and be the speaker. May I say that? I think I will. Sue, Damascus, Maryland, the great WMAL. Sue, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mark? Very well. Thank um, you, Sue. I wanted to talk to you about uh, a couple of lawsuits that were pending before this election. The the group of Judicial Watch, uh, past couple of years, has been suing states who do not update their voter rolls under NVRA. There's actually and a whole bunch been, of groups that have been doing that, and Judicial Watch is one of them. Right, and it means La- Landmark Legal has to, been doing that too. And uh, Christian Adams' group, too. I just can't remember the name of his group. Go ahead, anyway. Well, well, you know, the NBRA requires that you, if people have died or moved or haven't voted so many elections... What she's saying is there's a federal law that requires states to update their lists. Go ahead. Right. So two of the, uh, of the cases, one in Wisconsin and one in Pennsylvania that Judicial Watch had, they identified last year, 2019... Uh, 234,000 voters who should have been removed in Wisconsin. Okay, what happened? Okay, they went to, they won on the the first round, Mm -hmm. and then the state said they wanted to wait, and and they put it in the Court of Appeals. They want to wait until after the 2020 election. So it's tied up in the courts right now. In Pennsylvania, they they identified 800,000 
that should have been removed from this photo rolls. And, mm. and as of December 19th, I believe it was, they're still waiting for the Court of Appeals to rule. And it was the ACLU, the League of Women Voters, those people mm. on the other side who have been saying this is voter intimidation, this will prevent my... Yes, yes, yeah, 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 I got it. I understand. You're exactly right. And this is happening in California. It happened in Florida. We had a case in Florida where we actually won. Well, you have a decent governor. Um, we had Scott at the time. But you're exactly right. The Democrats do not want to clean these these uh, these rolls. Why do you think they don't want to clean the rolls? Well, because they know that they're, they're going to use these. For example, if they have an extra 234000 in Wisconsin, then that means 234,000 extra people could get the mail-in ballot. Exactly. And because Wisconsin does, doesn't require any ID, they can uh, they can request an absentee. They could show up same-day registration. And Pennsylvania, uh, same kind of a thing is going on. And so, so the point is, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats want the least amount of restrictions as possible, and they don't want their voter rolls touched. And when you hear people go on TV say there's no evidence of fraud, uh, that's not the way it's supposed to work, is it, Sue? That we have to provide them with evidence of fraud. You're supposed to have a system in place that is bulletproof. It's not up to citizens to, to show that. And, but you need to ask yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, why do the Democrats keep fighting for these things? No voter ID, no signature matching, no signature, no postal date. Longer and longer periods after the election, longer and longer periods to vote before the election. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this, Sue? And the answer is this. Ready? Cloward and Piven. Overrun the system. Overrun the election system, and it'll collapse. And then you have these ridiculous Republicans. Can I vote? Can I vote? They don't even understand what the hell's going on around them. And that's why you get more and more blue states... More and more one-party states, because these Republicans don't know what the hell is hitting them. Sue, thanks for your call. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. By the way, Mr. Producer in America, the left wing is very angry with me, and that would include Facebook. They're very angry with me. You know what I did, Mr. Producer? I retweeted a, uh, an Ambassador Grinnell photo 
of Joe Biden without a mask. I didn't know it was dated. And so I retweeted it and they said, I got him. What a lying SOB. What a fraud. And Facebook jumps in. Absolutely false. Look what he did. Okay, calm down, everybody. I understand that. Relax. You know, mistakes are made. The hell is that? Oh, I know what that is. It's my radio. Do we have the, uh, the Republican leader of the House? You mean he's a no-show? He's trying to call us, actually, ladies and gentlemen, trying to get a clear line. I don't know where he is. All right, let's take a call here. Let us go to Mary Green Bay, Wisconsin, on the great WTAQ. How are you? I'm terrific, Mark. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I, I actually just want to say the best news I heard today was that the president was fighting against the numbers that were being called in Wisconsin, and I wanted to personally say thank you very much for fighting for Wait all a of minute. Wisconsin. Don't you want to count every vote? Wait, wait, wait a minute now. Don't you want our unity president, Joe Biden? No, sir, I do not. Come on now, don't you want the unity agenda of Sanders and Biden? No, sir, I do not. I do not believe in socialism. I believe in our freedoms, all of them. Freedom of speech, the right to own, you know, keep and bear arms, all of it. Now, you live in Green Bay or the suburbs? Actually, I live about 30 miles north of Green Bay, and nobody up here cannot, be- we cannot believe the numbers that are coming out of Wisconsin. Do you believe that 89 to 90% of the registered voters voted? I don't believe that for two seconds. I don't believe that either. I would think it would be closer to 60% of the people. No, it's probably closer to 70, 72%. No, but there's never 90% of the vote. Never. No, no. And I know where I was what number I was in the town that I live in, and I was about a third of about a third of the way mm-hmm. of the people that are registered. Well, I think they're right move to do a re, uh, to, first of all to do a caucus, and as you know, Kimberly Strassel schooled me on that, which is apparently the state automatically has to look at its own uh, mechanisms for how they came up with that number. Uh, but in the end, he'll probably have to. Uh, get a recount because it's controlled by a Democrat governor, as you well know. All right, my friend. Thank you. Kevin McCarthy. What'd you do? Lose my phone number? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to get out of the elevator, but no. Sorry. Well, um, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Listen, there is a bright spot. You did pretty well in the house. Tell us about it. All right. Listen to this so far. The AP has called eight seats. Okay. And I'm ahead in 10 other seats. Now, wait, so, wait, hold on, hold on now. First of all, have you lost any seats? No, not one incumbent. I, I lost one open seat, meaning a Republican retired, and we didn't carry it. But all that, they talk about Texas, no. And listen to this. Every seat where we beat a Democrat in, we won with a woman, a minority, or a veteran. Mm. Think about that. And listen, You get a whole listen. rainbow coalition going on there. <laughs> no, you know what? I credit the president. Yes. We had more women running and more minorities. And there are going to be more Republican women in Congress than in the history of Congress. Uh, we're more than doubling the current number that's in Congress right now. 
So, so l- let me get this straight. You needed 17 to take 17. the majority. You're telling me you got eight for sure. Yeah. And, t- and 10 are on the cusp. Yeah. Now, in Nor- remember what Biden, remember what Obama did. He went and sued North Carolina and they redrew the seats. So I lost two seats. So when I needed 17, technically I need 19. Mm-hmm. But I've won eight so far. So that puts you ahead um, by six seats right now. And I'm ahead in 10 others. And get this. Three of them are in California. Michelle Steele. Now, where in California? Orange County. Michelle Steele, Young Kim, both of them born in South Korea, and David Valadeo, who has a seat that's 72% Hispanic and that Hillary carries by 15 points. Defeating I'm, I'm telling you, I see movement in the Hispanic world and in the uh, African-American world, and you're right. Much of this is thanks to what the president has been doing. But that Orange County, they stole seats from us last time. They did. They did. Now, listen to this, though. We won two seats in Miami. Unbelievable. Maria Salazar just beat the former Secretary of Health, Donna Shalala. Oh, yes. And remember, Donna I, I remember her. Isn't she like four feet, two inches tall? <laughs> Close. You but don't need to comment. Anyway, go ahead. She called herself a socialist about two well. weeks ago. And this is a seat Hillary carried by a large number. And then Carlos Jimenez from Cuba, the, the mayor of Miami-Dade, just won Miami to Key West. We won in New York. Remember Max Rose, who talks a big game? Oh, Saturday what a Island? nasty Nicole guy he Obama was. Yes. They spent $20 million. But everybody has to remember. And hold on, my buddy Lee Zeldin held on. Oh, yeah. well, Lee Zeldin's a rock star. He's always going to hold on. But listen to this, though, too. Claudia Tenney's coming back, but every person, Cook Report, every pollster said a good night for me would be only losing 10 seats. They said we would lose from 15 to 20. And you know what's most interesting? The Democrat, head of the Democratic Congressional Committee, Sherry Bustos, she's fighting to hold on to her seat in Illinois. And Chip Roy, my buddy, he won. Chip Roy won. And I tell you what, he was in a fight the entire time. Remember who ran against him? Wendy Davis. Remember she oh ran for governor Lord. in yes. Texas. Everyone poured all that money. He fought all the way through, and he stayed firm everywhere. They didn't beat one incumbent. Hey, let me ask you this. How'd you, how'd you do in Virginia? Well, right now, Virginia's numbers are coming back. We're ahead in two of the seats. We got Freitas, uh, a, a, a veteran in the military, uh, running against Spanberger. And right Freitas is slightly behind, right? Yeah. Well, he was slightly ahead. I didn't know the latest count right now. Yeah. Uh, I got to check on that. But he had a pretty good lead, and they were going to count some more. You won, you won Good, I think, is one of their names. Yeah, Good won. Now, that was an yeah. open seat. That was a Republican. That was an open seat, so it doesn't give me another one. But they thought they were going to win that one. All right, so listen. You were late, so I need to carry over. I have some questions for you, okay? Okay. Here's the question I'm going to ask you, the answer when we come back. Is there going to be a bit of a rebellion in the Democrat caucus. Do you think it's time they think that 80-year-old, very nasty, uh, uh, Pelosi, that she needs to move aside for the next generation of kooks, I mean Democrats? That's my question to you, Kevin McCarthy, when we return. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, 
and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader. Um, Nancy Pelosi has to be very concerned because the long knives are out for her, don't you think? Oh, yeah, you're already hearing it in the Democrats. They're trying to find somebody to run against her. But remember how you get elected speaker. You can win inside the conference, but on the floor of the House, you have to have 218 votes. Remember, she had close to 20 Democrats last time vote against her. So right now, AOC's squad got stronger, and the Democrat number is smaller. What if they are sitting in the majority with five seats? Mm. She can't afford people to vote against her. So right now, if a Democrat wants to take Nancy Pelosi out, and remember, all three people in leadership, Denny Hoyer, um, and their whip, Clyburn. They're all they're all eighty years old. <laughs> they are all eighty years old, and they well, they don't look a day over seventy nine. I must tell you. <laughs> well, if we're worried about Joe Biden, he still has yeah. another couple years till he can run for oh. Democrat leadership in the House. Can you imagine going to their birthdays? And by the way, I'm all for old people. Don't get me wrong, but you know, not these yeah. four. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. And so if she comes to the floor of the House and they simply have 10 Democrats say they're not voting for her, she's not Speaker. I can That's hear the wheels in your head moving. Do you, uh, what's the maximum likelihood of the number of Republicans in, in a serious way that you think you can, you can get? To win? No, to, to, in, the, in the remaining seats that are a toss-up. Where they're leading. Um, well, I just looked at California. Young Kim and Michelle Steele's numbers went up. And remember in California what happened to us last time. Mm. Three weeks later, we ended up losing. And so when they're counting these... Can they do that again? No, I don't think they could do it again. Because what they did is they've been counting the ballots in the order which they came. So we got the bad ballots out of the way. We won on Election Day overwhelmingly. So their numbers are only going to increase. So... I think if we can end up somewhere about two, somewhere between 212 and maybe 215, I mean, if we ended up a little closer, could we not get one or two of these Democrats? Remember, we got Van Drew to re-register a mm-hmm. Republican. He went from the majority to the minority. What if one or two of these Democrats that are a really tough seat, they know we're going to beat them next time. They are not going to stay in the majority, right? Mm-hmm. What if they re-registered now? And stayed in the majority and didn't have to put up with Nancy Pelosi. 
So you need 217. You I need 218 to be in the majority. You need, you need 218, and you think you're going to at least get to 212? I think I could end up at 212, yes. Good Lord. I'm surprised that she'd be able to hold on, even her. I'm talking about as leader of her party. Yeah, well, she promised, okay, she promised them they would win double digits. She said last week she's running two elections right now because she's going to add so many Democrats. She's winning this time, and there's going to be so many Democrats we can't win it the next time. That's literally what she said. Sherry Bustos guaranteed them it'd be double digits. Steny Hoyer promised them this week that it was 15 seats. And then the Cook Report came out two days ago and said it's going to be 20 seats. And said, By the way, what's with that damn Cook Report? It's never right anymore. No, I would argue with David. I said, what are you talking about? Let's walk through these races. Not only did I not lose 15 seats, we gained them. We didn't lose one incumbent. And everybody we won. And Everybody needs to know this across the country. Every Democrat we beat, we won with a woman, a minority, or a veteran. Mm. This party has expanded under President Trump. We won in Miami because we have more Cubans who joined with us, because they understand the difference between socialism and freedom, because a lot of them left socialism to come to this country. They know where it's headed. So isn't this in many ways also a rejection of AOC in this what do they call them? The Stooges? I forget what they call the squad, them. The squad. The squad. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It, well, it, you, it, you know, yes. That, it's a rejection nationwide, but internally, the Democrats, the squad got bigger. So how can Nancy Pelosi even govern? AOC already controlled the floor before. She's going to have more power now. By the but way, the Democrats, she, yes. she's going to run against Schumer. She's basically threatening it now. Well, why wouldn't she run against Schumer now? Twice Schumer thought he was going to be the leader, and he failed both times. Mm-hmm. You've got to give Mitch McConnell credit. Oh, yeah. It, it, he had a tough map. And think about it. Just between his seat and Lindsey Graham, the Democrats spent $200 million. Unbelievable. Why would, why would any person in the country ever give Act Blue another dollar? I've never seen a billion dollars wasted more. The only person who threw a billion dollars away faster was Michael Bloomberg in his presidential race. What a fool. I have a theory about that. He wanted Biden in there because of China. I really believe that. Oh, I believe, yes. You know, he's got a lot of business activities over there. But here's the thing, Kevin McCarthy. I'm quite serious about this. Facebook is censoring the hell out of me. I mean... Ask Mr. Producer, they're looking over my shoulder, they disagree with my opinions, it's whack, whack, whack. So I told everybody, go over to Parlor, which is a wonderful new place to go, by the way. Uh, even, even Twitter, you know, at least right now, then Facebook, and I'm sure Twitter, are so completely out of control. So if we do gain control at some point, can we please yank that 230 from them? Because it's ridiculous. Yeah, remember why 230 was created. 230 was created to give them liability protection so they wouldn't get sued about what on their sites. And now they want to pick and choose. So if they want to pick and choose, then somebody has to have some legal ability to go back against them. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to have that, but they're bulletproof. Yeah. yeah. All right. How did you do, by the way? I won. I won by the highest margin of a Republican in California. That's What'd you get? High. What'd you get? I'm, I'm sitting, I think, at about 57 or 58. That's pretty good, right? No, I've done better. But remember where I'm fighting. I mean, all the good conservatives are leaving California because yeah, they're they being are. taxed away. They are. But having said all of that, 
we're going to pick up seats in California. David Valadeo, first-generation American. Young Kim, Michelle Steele, both born in South Korea. Michael Garcia, first-generation American, is going to hold his seat. How did he in do? L.A. County. He, he's a little behind right now. They just put a new number in. He's, he, cut the, he cut the lead in half, so he's only about 1,500 away. As they count the next one in Ventura County, he'll go over the top and he'll win. Because Ventura's mostly Republican, right? No, he's, you know, they just counted L.A., and he gained with L.A. County. This guy is really an amazing man. Think mm-hmm. about it. His father comes from Mexico for the same reason all of our ancestors came, right? For a better life for his children. He goes to local high school. He excels. He gets nominated to the Naval Academy. He graduates in the top 3%, and he flies F-18s and defends our nation. Then he comes back home, works in business. His brother works hard and has a car dealership. They're just in the community. Never ran for office before, but sees what's going on and says, I'm going to run. Not knowing that we hadn't flipped a seat from Democrat to Republican in 22 years, and we're about to do it four times in this election. Mm-hmm. And he won. That's great. All right. Well, listen, you sound very upbeat. <clears throat> this seems like a, a, very po- a very, very positive development. And uh, they really weren't ready for this. They really were not we, ready for this. So uh, good job proved, there, Republican leader. proved them all wrong. And they all, I'll tell you what, everything they did backfired. Everything Nancy Pelosi embraced the socialism, it backfired. Now, I, I've got a couple cases out there that I'm competing. Well, I've got some lawyers in there. So if people want to help us out, go to takethehouse.com because we're not going to give up on any seat. We're going to fight them all along the way. They stole seats from us before, and we won't let it again. Takethehouse.com, Mr. Producer. Let's pop that up there. Yes. All right, Kevin McCarthy. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you for everything and all you do. You know what? This country is exceptional, and that's why people voted for us. They want people who believe that this country is exceptional and that we're conceived in liberty and dedicated everybody's equal, and that's exactly the candidates we had, and this is why they won. I understand AOC runs on that agenda. <laughs> no, just kidding. All right, you take no. care of yourself. All right. All right, thank thanks. Thank you, my friend. All right, Bye. you too, bud. Bye. I mean, isn't this shocking? We could get to 212 in the House, Mr. Producer? And we supported a whole bunch of candidates. Remember what we said? And, and really, here's who I need to thank, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz picked up the phone and he said, Mark, I got 22 House candidates I want to help. I said, well, I can't be... You know, I can go to seminars, I can give advice, I can talk philosophy, but I can't raise money, I can't campaign. It's, it's okay. They just want to meet you and your beautiful wife. So we met them. And we got to know these people. They are wonderful, wonderful people. So there's no campaigning or anything like that. But I came on here and I said, you know what, I want to introduce them to the American people. And in almost every instance, we invited their opponents on. But of course, they don't come on. It's like Joe Biden. Mr. Bruce, seriously. How many times have we asked Joe Biden on? Once or twice? They don't even reply to you, do they? Kamala Harris? They, she didn't even reply, correct? They don't reply. They don't even answer. Oh, Mark, you've got to be fair. You know, we've got an election going on. You've got to be fair. I would have killed to have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on this program. But they don't get to dictate what fairness is and... If I can't get them on, then I can't get somebody else on. 
Folks, we've talked about the media over and over. I've written an entire book on freedom of the press. And people are still shocked at the media, Mr. Producer. They're still shocked at the media. What about 2016? What about 2018? Over half a million of you have a copy of Unfreedom of the Press. It explains everything. Maybe I should send it to some of these media personalities. Maybe they'll read it. Or maybe I'll send them the audio version, Mr. Producer, since most of them don't read. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, the insufferable Susan Collins uh, won her re-election effort. I think she's been in the Senate 417 years. But the woman she was running against, you know, she would have been a real bomb thrower. So I guess it's better to have Collins than the bomb thrower, but uh, time will tell. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I don't see how the, Dem- the Democrats take over the Senate. And it does raise a good question. It does raise a good question. Kevin McCarthy raised it. How much longer can they have Chuck Schumer as their leader? Folks, they had 23 Republican seats up, something like that, out of 33. This was their time to go in for the kill. They were getting so cocky. They, we're going to take over the court, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. We're going to invade Italy. We're going to, oh, my God, we hear the Senate. We control everything. Yes, we do. And now, look, they're all walking around with their heads down. They're all walking around with their heads down. So really, Schumer should fall on his own sword. But of course he won't. He's a coward. Pelosi? Disaster. You know, Donald Trump has done a lot of good for this Republican Party. The minorities that he's brought in, the blue-collar workers that he's brought in. We've got to tighten up with the suburbs here because I don't know what's going on there, but it's very, very foolish. God forbid if Joe Biden wins, they're about to find out. You folks in the suburbs who voted for uh, Biden, you're about to find out. I got one guy down the street here, Mr. Producer, who's a retired lawyer. He can't even look up when I walked. He won't even say hello. He's walking around with his golden retriever. I'm going, I said to him today, how's your, I haven't seen him in months. I said, how's your dog? Okay. How old is he again? Uh, four. How many do you have? Uh, well, we're raising another one. Felix said, well, F you. <laughs> I just, that was it. You know what he's ups- upset about? They're always upset on the left. Have you noticed that? Well, I want to say this publicly to the President of the United States. Thank you. 
on behalf of tens of millions of my fellow Americans and my family and friends. Thank you for everything you're doing and thank you for fighting on. You have done an enormous favor to so many of us by protecting us from the left. Not because you're a philosophical conservative, no, no. But instinctively, you understand. Even now, instinctively, you understand what was done in these states by these Democrats slip and fall ambulance chasing lawyers, by these left wing local state courts, and by some of the Obama courts. And John Roberts, who clearly despises the President of the United States and is willing to sell his entire reputation and character to undermine him. I want to thank the President of the United States on behalf of all of us for putting so much energy and so much of his life into this re-election effort, which I still think we have a possibility of succeeding in. I don't have another individual in that office who would be fighting as hard as he is right now. The left and the media who hate your guts, who've brought us to this point, who've undermined this society, who've encouraged violence in the streets, they want you to believe, they want you to believe that Donald Trump, just count every legal vote. Donald Trump's not against counting every legal vote. The issue is, how did we get to where we are in so many of these states? It's not a legal vote if it violates the federal constitution under Article 2, Marco and Chris and Adam. He's defending the constitution. Why don't you try doing it? We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We fight on, ladies and gentlemen. Keep your chins up. And I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.